For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Tabernacle, A Blueprint of Heaven. This is part two of the series. So the children of Israel, being saved, redeemed, or delivered out of Egypt by grace through faith, foreshadows through Yeshua's death on the tree that both Jew and non-Jew are saved by grace through faith. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 it is written, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. Then in Romans chapter 3 verse 28 it is written, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without his own efforts represented by without the deeds of the Torah. We can further see that both Jew and non-Jew are saved by grace through faith in Romans chapter 3 verses 29 and 30 as it is written. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, seeing that it is one God who will justify the circumcision by faith, that is the Jew, and the uncircumcision through faith, that is the non-Jew. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. Number one, there is only one door or gate to enter the tabernacle, and it was located on the eastern side. Spiritually, Yeshua is the only door to enter into the kingdom of the God of Israel. Number two, for Israel and Egypt, the door out of Egypt was putting the blood of the lamb on the doorposts, and the historical celebration of that we call Passover. Prophetically, Passover foreshadows Yeshua dying on the tree as he is the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1 verse 29. And Yeshua is our Passover. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. Number 3. There are two pieces of furniture in the outer court of the tabernacle. They are the brass altar and brass labor. Number 4. Brass in the Bible is associated with judgment. Number five, the blood of atonement was put upon the horns of the brass altar. Number six, the horns of the brass altar were associated with the place of refuge and safety. Number seven, in the wilderness, the children of Israel were to put a brass serpent on a pole to be healed of their plague. Spiritually, this represents Yeshua dying on the tree who has made sin for us. Number eight, spiritually, the brass altar represents Yeshua dying on the tree and salvation in him. Number nine, the children of Israel were saved or redeemed out of Egypt by grace through faith, and believers in Yeshua are saved by grace through faith. The next thing we're going to look at in the outer court is the labor. 
In Exodus chapter 40, verse 7, it is written, And ye shall set the laver between the tent of the congregation and the altar, and shall put water therein. At the labor, the priests washed their hands and feet. In Exodus chapter 30, verse 19, it is written, For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet thereat, that is, the brass labor. Spiritually, our hands represent our service to the kingdom of the God of Israel. In Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 11, it is written, Bless Lord his substance and accept the work of his hands. Our feet represent how we live our lives and our lifestyle. As in God, our lives are to be devoted to the service of his kingdom. In Deuteronomy chapter 13 verse 4 it is written, You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments, obey his voice, and you will serve him and cleave unto him. The children of Israel were saved, redeemed, or delivered out of Egypt by grace through faith. And when they came out, they were to serve God on Mount Sinai which means they were to love him, keep his commandments, and follow his Torah, as a result an expression of being saved by grace through faith. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, it is written, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with you, and this shall be a sign unto you that I have sent you. When you have brought forth the people out of Egypt, you will serve God upon this mountain. So the children of Israel were saved, redeemed, or delivered out of Egypt by grace through faith. This came about when they put the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost, which was Passover, which foreshadows salvation in Yeshua and Him shedding His blood on the tree for the forgiveness of our sins. And as an expression of that, we're to serve God on the mountain. In other words, we're to learn of His Torah, meditate upon His Torah, renew our minds to obey the Word of God, and have His Torah written upon our heart. In doing this, the children of Israel were to cleanse themselves of the ways of Egypt, Egyptian lifestyle, and mindset. In other words, they were to clean themselves from Egypt by obeying the Torah or the Word of God. Likewise, we are to be clean vessels before Yeshua. In Isaiah chapter 52 verse 11 it is written, Depart ye, depart ye, go you out from there, touch no unclean thing, go ye out of the midst of her, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. Historically, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt by putting the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost, which spiritually foreshadows salvation in Yeshua, they ate unleavened bread. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 17, it is written, And ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore ye shall observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. Leaven in the Bible represents sin. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6-8, through 8, it is written, Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, meaning the ways of Egypt and the lifestyle of Egypt, from your heart and your minds. Or in other words, once we accept Yeshua as the Messiah, we begin the process of leaving our Egypt, our sinful lifestyle, behind us. And Paul expressed this when he taught about crucifying our flesh in Messiah. So purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, you're saved in Messiah, and now you're going to start to learn of his ways and pursue holiness in him as you are in Messiah unleavened. 
because he was made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. For even Messiah, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not in our old lifestyle or way of thinking, that is following the flesh and the desires of the flesh, with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but in pursuing holiness through learning the Torah or the Word of God and writing it in our hearts and our minds, expressed through the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Leaven is associated with the works of the flesh. Paul outlines the works of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21, as it is written. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So leaven is associated with those things which the God of Israel hates. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, it is written, These six things does the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that sows discord among brethren. In other words, the ways of the flesh is to not care about others, to mistreat others, and only care about serving self, or me, myself, and I. So unleavened bread represents pursuing holiness and being without sin. In Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2 it is written, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, You shall be holy, for I the Lord your God am holy. In First Peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 it is written, But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, or your lifestyle. Because it is written, quoting from Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Yeshua was unleavened. Yeshua was without sin. So eating unleavened bread or pursuing holiness is pursuing him, expressed through learning and obeying his Torah or his word. In Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 it is written, For he has made him to be sin for us when he died on the tree, even though he did not sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 and 22, it is written, For even hereunto were ye called, because Messiah also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, when they put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, when they ate unleavened bread, then they crossed the Red Sea. So this spiritually represented immersion in water. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, it is written, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you be ignorant how that all our fathers were in the cloud, and they all passed to the sea. And they were all immersed unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So as we can see, those things that the children of Israel did in coming out of Egypt is also prophetically represented in the tabernacle through the door of the tabernacle, the brass altar, and the brass laver. 
the way that we become clean in our lifestyle after we've been saved by grace through faith in Yeshua is by washing in the word of God. In Psalm 119, verse 9 and verse 11, it is written, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. We are washed from the old man's sinful lifestyle or from serving sin with clean water. In Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 25 it is written, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Yeshua also taught that we are made clean by the word of God. In John chapter 15 verse 3 it is written, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. We can see how we are washed by the word of God from Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26 as it is written, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So once we accept Yeshua as Savior and Lord, once we repent of our sins and accept his shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins, once we are saved by grace through faith and received his justification, that our righteousness in order to enter into the tabernacle of God or heaven comes by going through the door of Yeshua and him dying on the tree for the forgiveness of our sins. When he provides salvation for us, our response to that is to leave the ways of the flesh and our previous sinful lifestyle and to put on Messiah, which is putting on his Torah, his word, and putting on seeking holiness. In Romans chapter 13, verse 14, it is written, But put ye on the Lord Yeshua Messiah, meaning putting on holiness, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. So our washing by departing from living a sinful lifestyle in the ways of the flesh is for the purpose of being sanctified and living our daily lives in Yeshua. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 10 to 11, it is written, Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, that is in your previous lifestyle, but you are washed and you are sanctified. So it's by learning, obeying, and meditating upon the word of God Renewing our minds and writing his word upon our heart is what cleanses us from filthy living. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, it is written, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So we have to put off the world and put on holiness once we've been saved by grace through faith in Yeshua. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 and 24, it is written, That you put off concerning the former conversation or way of life, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and that you put on, that is, have a lifestyle change, the new man, which is pursuing holiness, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So we wash in the Torah or the word of God to put off the sins of self and to put on holy living. Colossians chapter 3 verses 8 through 10 it is written, But now you also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you've put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man, that is righteousness and holiness in Yeshua. 
So as we can see, the pattern of the ways of the God of Israel that he's showing us in the tabernacle through the outer court is after we're saved by grace through faith, we're to live out our salvation on a daily basis by following his Torah or his word. In Romans chapter 3 verse 31 it is written, Do we make void or do away with the Torah because we've been saved by grace through faith? In other words, in the pattern of the tabernacle, do we have our sins forgiven at the brass altar through Yeshua shedding his blood so that we can have forgiveness of sins and stop there and not wash in the brass laver? God forbid. Yes, we establish the Torah or we wash at the laver to be made clean by the word of God. So the laver is not only a place of washing, but the laver is a mirror as the water in the laver is to be a reflection of us. In the wilderness, the labor was made from the mirrors of women. In Exodus chapter 38, verse 8, it is written, And he made the labor of brass and the foot of it of brass of the looking glasses of the women assembling, which assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. That is because we're to see the word of God as a mirror. And when we look into the Torah or the Word of God, we're to see ourselves as we truly are. Sinners that first need to be saved by the blood of Yeshua, and then we need the Torah or the Word of God to teach us how to live our lives on a daily basis to be holy and sanctified before Him. In James chapter 1, verse 23 and 24, it is written, For if any be a hearer of the Word and not a doer, in other words, if I don't allow the Word of God to change me from my sinful lifestyle, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. In other words, the Word of God shows us what sin is in the ways of the flesh, in the works of the flesh, and that the wages of sin is death. And if we hear the word of God, but don't do it, then the flesh cannot be washed in the word of God. So the scriptures teach us that we're to examine ourselves and see that we're sinners, understand the ways of the flesh, and that the flesh reaps corruption. Through hearing the word of God, and by allowing the word of God to be a mirror to us, to judge ourselves, and to see that we're sinners, we need a savior, and we need the Torah or the word of God to cleanse us and to crucify the flesh. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 31 it is written, For if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Then in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 it is written, Examine yourselves. That is the way that you're living your life to determine whether you be in the faith or whether you are following and obeying the Torah or the word of God. So let's summarize this part of the teaching which focused on the brass laver of the outer court. Number one, the brass laver is the second piece of furniture in the outer court. Spiritually, it represents being cleansed from sin and the brass laver spiritually represents water baptism. Number two, after being saved by grace through faith, from receiving Yeshua's shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins when he died on the tree, represented by the brass altar, we are called by the God of Israel to spiritually progress to being cleansed from our sinful lifestyle, represented by the brass laver. Number three, at the brass laver you wash your hands and feet. Spiritually, our hands represent what we do, and our feet represent our walk or how we live our lives or our lifestyle. Number four, spiritually, we are washed from a sinful lifestyle by washing, that is learning, seeking to obey, and meditating upon the Torah or the Word of God. Number five, 
Spiritually, leaven in the Bible represents sin. After the children of Israel put the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost, as they were saved by grace through faith, they ate unleavened bread, which spiritually represents seeking to live a holy life and was immersed in the Red Sea, representing water baptism. Number six. Spiritually, in order to be washed at the brass laver, we need to put off the flesh and the ways of the flesh by crucifying the flesh and put on or seek to obey the Torah or the Word of God in our daily living. Number seven, the brass altar was made from the mirrors of the Israelite women. The Torah or the Word of God was given to us to be a mirror. After being saved, we need to look into the Torah or the Word of God and recognize our previous past sinful lifestyle. In doing so, we need to judge ourselves by repenting of our sinful ways by seeking to obey the Torah or the Word of God, by putting it upon our mind and write it upon our heart. Next, we're going to see how the outer court represents the lowest level of holiness in the kingdom of the God of Israel. Spiritually speaking, the outer court is associated with those who are babes or children in Messiah. In doing so, we're going to examine the spiritual characteristics of a babe or a child in Messiah and understand that after we accept Yeshua as our Savior by repenting of our sins and receiving His shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins, that we are to grow in spiritual maturity. Ultimately, God desires that believers in Yeshua as the Messiah become spiritually mature. So as we've just covered in this teaching so far, the brass altar represents Yeshua dying on the tree for the forgiveness of our sins and accepting him as our Messiah. So the brass altar represents salvation in Yeshua. A spiritual babe or a child in Messiah is seeking to be washed from a lifestyle of sin and walking in the ways of the world and thinking according to the values of the world system. So now let's examine in detail the characteristics of a babe or a child in Messiah in establishing the principle that there are different levels in our spiritual walk. To begin with, we're going to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, as it is written. Paul writes, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual or mature, but as unto carnal, even as a babe in Messiah. So this word babe is the Strong's number 3516 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary, and it's the Greek word nepios, which means a babe, a child, or one who is untaught or unskilled. A carnal mind... A reference to thinking according to the values of the world and its system has not yet been trained to follow the Torah or the Word of God and is still walking according to the desires of the flesh and hasn't yet overcome the ways of the flesh. We can see this in Romans chapter 8 verses 7 and 8 as it is written. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God and it is not subject to the Torah of God or the Word of God or it doesn't follow or obey the Torah or the Word of God, neither indeed can it be. So that they that are in the flesh, meaning those that have a carnal mind, cannot please God. A babe or a child in Messiah is still carnal in their flesh and in their thinking, and as a result, they engage in strife and division. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, it is written, For you are yet carnal. 
For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? In addition to being fleshly and having a carnal mind, a babe or a child in Messiah is not spiritually mature in understanding the Torah or the Word of God, and as a result is open to believe every wind of doctrine. In Ephesians chapter 4 verses 14 and 15 it is written, That we henceforth be no more children. This is the Strong's number 3516 that the King James translated as a babe in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 so that you no more be children who are tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, but speaking the truth, the truth is the Torah. Well, that's going to conclude part two of the series on the subject, The Tabernacle, A Blueprint of Heaven. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.